So um, I, don't, I don't always deal with my emotions. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, my, my wife certainly, certainly knows this. I'm, a, I'm one. It's not that I don't have emotions. It's just that I really don't just, I just don't really don't deal with them. Anybody else? Anybody else kind of like that? Um, I, I'm, I'm one that, that we would call uh, a stuffer. Uh, I have emotions and I just kind of, I just kind of stuff them way deep down. Uh, there are others of us, however, that, that we, that we, that we approach our emotions head on. We, we have an emotion and, and the world, and the world knows that we've had, we've had that, that emotions. What I, what I have found though, is that during, when, when stress levels get high, it's as if it doesn't matter what we do to try to keep our emotions in check or, or to make sure that they come out appropriately. When our stress levels get high, our emotions are going to come out. Our, our emotions are going to come out. And so what, what I have found is that during this very stressful Christmas season, our emotions are going to come out. Now, those of us who who have emotions and we uh, and we and, and we and we have them um, really out front, we are going to know that then that we're going to have more emotions and we're we're going to have them more out front. Those of us who are a little bit, uh, we stuff our emotions a little bit. Well, our emotions are going to come out one way or another, and oftentimes they're not the way that we intend for them. Them to come out, and they're often not the time that we intend for them to come out as well. It, Christmas is an emotional time for all of us. I, I, I know, I mean, so whether it is uh, feelings of nostalgia that makes those emotions come out, or whether it's just simply the, the stress levels in our lives, whether that's also what makes those emotions come out, they're going to come out, they're going to come out one way, one way, or or another, and and so the, and here here are the ways that it here are the ways that it plays out. Oftentimes, so we know that we're going to be spending more time with family over the next next few weeks. And some of us have come from. Um, by the way, I think all of us come from some sort of dysfunction in our families. There's just varying levels, <laughs> varying degrees of dysfunction. But some of us, for example, we may we name. We, I mean, we it may be our in laws that we don't get that we don't get along with. And so, and so we're looking forward. Um, I mean, we know here in a couple of weeks, we're going to have to be spending some time with, with our in-laws and that, that creates stress in, in our lives. And so, and so we find ourselves then, uh, maybe when we have an office party coming up between now and then, we find ourselves drinking more alcohol than we, than we normally would because we're, we're really, really stressed about, about the two or three days we're going to have to spend with our, with our in-laws. Or, or it may be that we're, that, that, we, that we look at our credit card bill or we know we know what we've spent on Christmas and we kind of had a had some sort of budget going in but then uh, that that budget just absolutely got blown out of the water and we uh, we surpassed that budget uh, a number of uh, uh, of Amazon clicks ago and we've 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 blown we've blown right through that and so we're, we're really we're disappointed in ourselves and we're frustrated that we can't get the that spending under control and so then we come home and and we start complaining uh, we start complaining to our spouse whether it's about whether about whether it's about the cleanliness of the house or whether it's about our children and 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 they're not finishing strong in the semester or whatever it is or or maybe something like we're you know this season of christmas and I, I shared a little bit about this last week but this season of christmas for many of us 
uh, because it brings up feelings of nostalgia, then we began to realize the people who are no longer in our lives, whether, whether they have died or whether we have those broken relationships, or, or it may be that we're, we're just simply in a, in a new place. I mean, we, we may be here new to Oklahoma City. Maybe we're a, a young adult and we're here in Oklahoma City for the first time and, and, and we've never lived in a city quite this big and we're, we're, away from, we're away from family and this is the first time that we're not going to have an, an extended vacation during Christmas. We're just going to get one or two days in our new job and, and we're not exactly sure how all of that fits in. And so we, we've, we've found ourselves pretty, pretty lonely. But, but in our loneliness, in order to protect us even more, then we begin to shut even more people off and we begin to seclude ourselves more and more and, and more. Or, 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 or it may just simply be that we're so busy and, and because we're busy, we're so overwhelmed at work and trying to, trying to finish end of the year stuff and trying to finish this kinds of stuff and this kinds of stuff and we have activities all the time. Then when we come home and we just have no we have no more emotional energy, and so we begin to ignore our spouse, and we begin to ignore our children. And, and, and so then, and then, so you throw all of that into the mix, you throw all of that into the mix, and then that begins to be played out with, with arguments and, and fights and, and maybe some substance abuse during the Christmas season, and, and, and it, just, it just gets over so overwhelming. And, and, and what it what it really results in, finally, is that it seems like we're the season that's supposed to be is supposed to be really fun and really full of joy really turns into a loveless Christmas. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here today, but but for many of us, I mean, I, I think we have to be honest about what this season brings up for many of us. So we're continuing this this sermon series on on dealing with a, a simple Christmas. And the reason I want us to, to think about a simple Christmas is because it's so, so many of these other peripheral things that make it such a complex story and such a complex Christmas, and it should be very simple. It's all the other stuff that's been added on. I mean, the stuff about gift giving and gift receiving and the stuff uh, about all of the decorations and all of the parties and all the travel and, and all of that other stuff. That's what makes... That's what's complicated this season, but I, but I think that we must, we really must get back to the very beginning of, 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 this, of this season, and, and at the very beginning of the season, what, what this season really, what this season really is about is that love was born into the world at Christmas. That, that's what it, I mean, that's what it boils down to. Even though many of us are experiencing a kind of a lovelessness at Christmas, I mean, you don't have to do anything other than to go to a Walmart bar parking, shop, uh, parking lot at this time of the season and see that it's a pretty loveless season. But, but love, love was, was, was really born at Christmas. I mean, you know, you know the story, or you, you probably know the story, or you've heard the story, or, or you've watched a Charlie Brown Christmas, and so at the very least, you've seen, you've seen Linus stand on stage and, and tell the story about, about the Christmas. You, you may be familiar with the story that, that there, was a, there was a young teenage girl in the middle of nowhere that, that found herself uh, visited by an angel, and the angel came to her and said how blessed she was, and and uh, Mary was a little bit troubled at, at, that, uh, at that comment. And then the angel went on and told her that she was, she was about to be pre become pregnant 
uh, and, and that she would bear a child, and this child would, would be a very special child. And Mary said, how in the world can this be? For, for I'm a virgin, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged to be married to, to this man named Joseph. And the angel said, the spirit of the Most High will, will, will hover upon you, and, and you will become pregnant, and, and this child of yours will be known as the Son of God. And you will name, his, and, and, and you will name him Jesus. And, and, and Mary accepted that fact. We, we talked a little bit about it last week, even though, even though Mary knew what that meant for her. Mary knew exactly what that meant for her. That meant that she was, she was very likely going to be, uh, the, her engagement to Joseph was very likely going to be called off. I mean, Joseph would have known that this child was not his, and there's one other choice, at least in his mind, there's one other choice, and that, that, that Mary had had an affair on him. And so, at the very least, he would, he would call off, he would call off the, the, the upcoming marriage. And at the worst, he would, have, he would have followed the Old Testament law. And he would have taken her outside the city gates and told everyone that she was caught in adultery. And they would have, they would have stoned her to death. And so, Mary, Mary knew that. Mary also knew that she was, she was very likely going to be cut off from her family. She was likely going to be ostracized by her church. Everyone that she, was, that she knew was going to turn their back on, on her. And then, and then she probably would have turned her, her thoughts and attention to, her, to this child that was going to be born to her. She would have known that there was going to be a stigma upon that child from for, forever. They all, everyone from then on would have known exactly, would, would have known exactly who he was because he would have been born out of wedlock. But in spite of all of those things, in spite of all of those things, Mary, Mary accepted the word of the angel. Now, now if, if, if we combine Luke's gospel and, and Matthew's gospel together, we, we can kind of piece together uh, kind of the chronology of the events. So it appears as though the angel appeared first, first to Mary, uh, and, and, and then Mary told Joseph what, what, what the situation was, and Joseph had 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 determined that he was going to simply divorce her quietly. He was an upstanding man, and he didn't want, I mean, he, he loved Mary, and he did not want to see harm come to her, and so he had decided that he would just divorce her quietly and just kind of deal with it quietly, and they would be able to then uh, go their separate ways and live their lives. But then an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and told Joseph that, it confirmed to Joseph exactly what had, what, had, what had happened, that this child that was about to be born to his fiancée was of God, and she was carrying even, she was carrying even the, the Son of God. Indeed, it wasn't Joseph's son, it was the very Son of God. And so they continued their engagement. And then you may remember the rest of the story. A, a census had been called by uh, by the emperor, and so Joseph and his and his almost nine month pregnant wife uh, had to travel a, a multiple day journey from from Nazareth, way up in the north, uh, down to Bethlehem, a, a city that was just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. It would have been about a anywhere between a four day and a seven day trip. On um, very very likely, they would have walked. It, it's possible that they may have had they may have had a, a donkey to to make the journey just a little bit easier. 
And then when they showed up, uh, the scripture simply says that there was no room for them in the inn. We really have no idea what exactly that means. There are a number of different interpretations of what that means, but we know this. We know this, that, that Mary was, was someone, Mary and Joseph were people who were, who were very poor. Uh, they were people whose family had turned their back on them because otherwise they would have gone and stayed with a family member there in Bethlehem. But it appears as though all of them had, had shut their doors to Mary and Joseph. And so they had tried to find an inn, and there was no room for them in the inn. A number of reasons why. Um, it very well could have been that Bethlehem was overrun with people who had come back home for the census. Or it could have been, it could have been that um, they knew that Mary and Joseph were not married, and it would have been very obvious that she was with child. And so they, they closed the doors. And then Luke's gospel continues and, and says then that she gave birth to a child and his first, his first, his first bed was a, was a manger. It was a feed trough. I, I, I was at my parents' home yesterday and we were getting ready to, to feed some cattle and uh, my dad um, yelled out, the, he rolled down his window and said, hey, uh, clean, out, clean out that trough there before I, I dump this feed in there. I won't tell you what was in that trough, but you can imagine what would have, what would have been in that feed trough. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what Mary and Joseph would have had to have scooped out of, out of, out of that feed trough. And, and, hope, and they likely would have tried to put some fresh hay there. Jesus was born into this world not as someone who had a, who had a, a gold-gilded uh, large bed in a, in a large palace somewhere, but no, he, he literally was born in, in a barn and his, and his first bed was a, was a feed trough. So how do you announce that the, that, that the, that the very Son of God had come into the world? I, I would have thought that, that God may have announced it to the, to the rich and the powerful and, and, and the religious elite, but instead God chose uh, the, the, the laborers out in the field. He, he chose to, to announce it first to the shepherds. And by the way, if, if shepherds were, were your neighbors, they probably wouldn't make very good neighbors. And, and, if, and if shepherds came into most churches, they, they probably wouldn't be accepted too much. They, um, they, were, they were not typically not uh, terribly religious kinds of folks because they had, to, they had to work on the Sabbath, and that was one of the ten most important things that God had told the, uh, told the Hebrew people, that they must honor the Sabbath. Well, the, the shepherds, they had to work on the Sabbath. They couldn't honor the Sabbath. They, they had to work, and so they were looked down upon. They, they, they lived outside with the sheep. They were, they were out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They, did, they didn't smell very good. They, 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 they were known as thieves as well. I mean, they, they were not trusted at all. But God chose the shepherds to first proclaim the news that this Christ child had been born into the world. And, and the angels came to the shepherds and, and they said, we have, we have good news, which is, uh, we have, which is, which is amazing, that will, that will bring amazing joy to all of, to all of the earth. On this, on this night, a, a Savior has been born in the city of David. You will, you will find a, a, a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, we're not told how, how, the, how the shepherds 
uh, found this baby. I, I mean, I, I picture in my mind, they, they knocked on a bunch of doors asking to see the barn out in the back until they finally found the right barn and they found that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. It's a simple story. An astounding, an astounding story with, for me, lots of questions how in the world it all, it all happened. But it's a simple story. But the fact remains that love was born into the world on that first Christmas. And so we can be distracted by, by all of the, the craziness and the, and the hectic lives that we lead during this Christmas season. And it can, it can, it can bring, like we, like we talked about last week, it can bring a, a feeling of blues upon our lives. Or, or we can look around and we can, we can handle our, or mishandle our emotions to such, a, to such a degree that we have a loveless kind of Christmas. But love was born into this world. This passage of scripture that, that I chose today is not one that's typically read during the Christmas season, but I want you to hear it yet again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his son into the world. That's how we know that God is love. That love was born into the world. Jesus Christ is love. And it's more than just this little baby Jesus that we celebrate on Christmas. This is also the adult Jesus that walked on water. This is also the Jesus that went to the cross. This is also the Jesus that was resurrected for us. Oftentimes, we're like the guy in the video and we kind of segment Jesus, the ki these kinds of Jesus is out. But it's the exact same Jesus. It's the exact same Jesus that was born in that manger. It's the exact same Jesus that walked on water. It was the exact same Jesus that fed the 5,000. It was the exact same Jesus that talked about denying yourself and taking up your cross and following him. It was the exact same Jesus that spoke there from the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That was the exact same Jesus that was resurrected on Easter Sunday morning. Love was born into the world. And, and the world has finally understood what love is in the, in the person of Jesus Christ. And so it's a simple message, this message of Christmas. In spite of our loss, and, and again, I, I just want to affirm yet again for, for those of you who have, who have lost loved ones over the years, those who are, who are so very dear to you, those who have, lost, who, have, who have had children die and those who have had spouses die and, 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 and those of us who have had especially friends die and, and even parents die. I, 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 want to, I want to admit yet again for us, I want to affirm for us again, this Christmas season, Christmas season dredges up those feelings of loss. It does. It dredges up those feelings. I, I was just talking to someone just recently, and, they, and, and he was talking about a memory that he had with a loved one and remembered what was going on last year. Just last year at Christmas, he was remembering what was going on. He, he had a relationship with this loved one, but now that loved one is no longer in his life, and it's dredged up those feelings again. And so that's what Christmas does for us. 
I mean, it's one of those benchmark times throughout, throughout the years. So in spite of our loss, in spite of our despair, in spite of our busyness, in spite of our distractions, love was born into the world, and we are called to be people of love. There's more to this than just, oh, you know, we just need to have the Christmas spirit. You know what the Christmas spirit is? It is love. I mean, if you want to, again, if you want to find a loveless Christmas, go into a, go into a Walmart parking lot. But if you want to bring love into the world, go into a, parking, a, Chris, a, a Walmart parking lot or the parking lot of the, at the mall or, or some other parking lot and, and act with charity and grace and love and patience and hope and salvation. That, if, here, here, these, hear these words as, as he continues. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that, so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his love to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If we truly want to celebrate Christmas, we must love one another. That's what the season's about. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about this, I mean, it really isn't even about this little baby lying in a manger. It is about the very Son of God coming into the world, bringing love. And in response to that, we ought to, we ought to, we must love one another. Would you bow with me? God, sometimes it feels like a loveless world. We watch the news and we find politicians bickering. We find tragedy around the world, and we hear reports of of violence, even violence aimed at, at Christians all around the world, and we are disheartened. And at times, even we seem overwhelmed with despair. God, help us on this day to hear with, with, with fresh ears this message of love that you came into the world truly bringing love. We, we as a world, we knew what love was. We knew how to, how to love our family members and how to love our spouse. But you came into the world to teach us how to even love our enemies. That's true love. So God, as we celebrate love coming into the world, help us to love one another. Help us to love friend and foe, family member and enemy, truly loving all. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Would you, would you please stand?